So shortstop, you said, is your favorite position in softball, correct? Correct. What is it about being a shortstop that excites you the most? Well, I really like um, all the action that it gets. Mm -hmm. And then I also like the throwdowns and, like, tagging people out and then throwing to first and getting the play. Okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that's a good answer. Um, aggressive, that's good. Um, when I asked you this earlier, when you're talking about hitting, um, you said you're a power hitter. Yeah. Um, does that mean you're go you're swinging for the fences, going for a home run every time? Uh huh. Yeah. How's your coach feel about that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. That's fair. That's a fair answer. So I'm going to ask you a question because I'm relating this to my daughter that plays softball when the co if the coach ever goes to you and says hey i want you to lay down a bunt what goes to your head um and be honest i don't really like to bunt <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair that's what I, was, I figured that might be the answer he was hoping for that yeah same with my daughter she's like i mean she doesn't show it she, she complies and does what the coach asks her to do but if you asked her she go, if you said hey do you like to bunt she's like not not especially but I get it. In certain instances, well, it's the I thing mean, to do. I can bun. I just don't really like to do it. Yeah. It's like I would rather like swing. Right, because because bunting is boring. It right? is, and it's yeah. like, like what if it's like a bad pitch and you have to pull back and you don't pull back in time? It's a strike. Right. She's not down for the risks. It's <laughs> fair. I get it. All right. Well. We'll swing for the fences on this podcast episode. How's that? Okay. All right. Cool. Is this thing on? All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you all for joining us from wherever you guys get your podcasts or if you're tuning in from the Heroes Foundation or on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel. Thank you for doing so. Uh, today, September Child or excuse me, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month or Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. It's a big month for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are joined by Kim and Piper Lyon. Guys, welcome to the Summits Podcast. Thank you for having us. You're Thank welcome. You. Um, Kim, why don't you start? Give us a little background intro on yourself as well as Piper, and then you can chime in on anything that she gets wrong. How's that? Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, um, like I said, my name is Kim Lyon, and uh, we have originated from the south side of Indianapolis, out in Franklin Township, home of the Flashes. Uh, I was born and raised out there. Um, Voted most likely to never leave Franklin Township in my <laughs> high school senior class. Okay, and I nice. still haven't left. So you were Flash. So yes. Okay. So uh, they got that right. You know, usually they don't, but they did get that one right. Um, and I grew up in a family of ten kids. I am ten the, kids, really. Yes. I mean, I knew you had at least a couple of sisters because they've been to the gala before. I yes. believe. Mm -hmm. They didn't rise ten. Yeah, wow. I'm the second oldest, so I have an older brother, okay. and then I have eight younger siblings. Holy smokes. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, we all grew up there, and we all pretty much live within 10 minutes of my parents now, with the exception of um, one of my brothers. He lives a little bit further south, and then I have um, actually three siblings now doing travel nursing. So, But we all pretty much stayed pretty tight-knit. Hmm? Never mind. Um, so, yeah, uh, born and raised there. My husband uh, is Matt, and he um, grew up in Greenwood. Indiana uh, went to Greenwood High School and um, we met working in the restaurants when I was in my low 20s and 
got married and had two beautiful daughters, Piper and Brooklyn. And uh, now I am why I started out doing um, corporate communications and marketing. And then after I had our second daughter, I kind of retired from that. And now I do full time real estate. And my dad owns a real estate company on the south side. So I, I work with him doing that. That's residential real estate, correct? Yes. Okay. Cool. Who's your realtors? Woo-hoo. There you go. <laughs> Um, plug. Yes. Got, you know, got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Br- uh, Piper is in fifth grade and Brooklyn is in third grade. And as she already mentioned, we're in the thick of it with um, softball for both of them. And we're starting basketball. And yes, they just had basketball Basketball's tryouts. already starting. Yep. Travel wow. basketball. They we had tryouts. Suppo- we're okay. supposed to get the list either today or Sunday. So... So okay. she's hoping she's been on the team for the last two years. So yeah. she's hoping to continue. So what position in basketball? I'm mostly. I can't remember the names. You're a four or a five, yeah. But there's a really okay. tall girl on your team, so usually she's the center. She's like not. two and a half heads taller than me. Really? Wow. That's yeah, impressive. you're pretty tall. Oh, cool. So fifth grade, Piper. Um, what's what's the hot topic in fifth grade these days? I'm a little out of the loop. My kids are getting older. Well, everyone's so obsessed with TikTok, and they're doing, yeah. like, TikTok dances in uh, class half the time. <laughs> that brings back my memories, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now they're all about cussing. <laughs> oh, my. Oh my. Hmm. <laughs> not okay. you, though, right? No. Yeah, you would never do that. Never do such a yeah, thing. Yeah, well, and, and <laughs> where, do, where do they learn all the cussing? TikTok. That's what, that's what she said. Really? Says. Yeah, she said that's where they all learn. Okay. TikTok or, like, YouTube. I thought you might say dad, which in my case, <laughs> with my daughter, she's probably accurate, but. Could be. <laughs> So TikTok, there's a lot of cussing on TikTok, huh? So interesting. Not that you would know. Yeah, I don't watch it, but you've heard. But, you know, there. You said there's a lot of Swifties. A lot of Swifties okay. in fifth grade. I'm not a Swiftie. Yes, yeah, so you're not. Not you don't like Taylor Swift necessarily, or just not that into it. I'm not that into it. I okay. don't like her. Yeah. I like one of her songs. It's uh, like we appreciate that. We don't have to try and get the tickets. Exactly. But I do like country artists like okay. Luke Combs and yep. Luke Bryan. Mm-hmm. We went. We actually went to one of Luke Bryan's concerts. Did you? Yeah, nice. We're so at fun. here locally. Uh, where was it? It was at the Ruoff Music Center. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah, that it was. That was their. That well, that wasn't your first concert, but I went to One Direction. One Direction was your first concert. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Did your dad go? Uh. No. no, he oh, stayed home I wish with you my said sister. Yes, because the next time I see him, I'm like, oh, I heard you're really into One Direction. <laughs> hey, he liked One Direction. Don't <laughs> actually surprise. We're telling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We had a good time though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that was your sister's first concert. She, they okay. said there was a lot of people there. Yeah, it was a good yeah. time. Got to stay up really late. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you had a math test today. How'd that go? Um. It was okay. Right. Well, what did we learn in math today? That's not what you told me. I said that it was okay. What, she what loves math. Okay? You do love math? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. The only, the only like, lowest score I've ever got was, like, only missing one question. Nice. The rest were, like, a hundreds. So is math your favorite subject, or what is your favorite subject? Math? Math is my favorite okay. subject. And then it goes social studies and then ELA. Okay. I don't like writing. Sure, it's okay. But your teacher said you're a great writer. Yeah, my my last year's teacher said that I was a good writer. I wrote, so we were supposed to create an ending, 
of a story. And I wrote six pages. But she hates writing. Wow. She wrote six pages. Right. Because there's just so much to add. Did you write it or did ChatGPT write it? Huh? Don't even tell her about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the kids. Well, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah, Um, they they need to still try and use their their brains at this age, you know. Well, yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's correct. All right, cool. So what else is going on in your world today that we should know about? Um... You I tried out contacts. Oh, yeah. I did try out contacts. Right. I'm not wearing them. I took a break for a little bit. Plus, I had to get a new contact mm-hmm. because the right one, mm-hmm. the right one didn't want to rotate so okay. into, like, its, like, normal position. So, we had to get a new right contact, and um, she just picked it up today. Okay. Yeah. I, I have contacts. I've been wearing them since freshman year in high school, maybe. So... Um, it takes a little while to get used to, but I, I prefer that, especially when playing sports versus yeah. having glasses on. It, it's, your field of vision's a little. I can't tell you how many times I got hit and my glasses fell off on the court oh, yeah. last year. That was people's yeah. secret weapon, you know, to oh, hit, really? hit the girl with the glasses and knock them off on. So the you floor. feel like some, in some cases they were deliberately trying to do that. But travel travels more like elbows. Yeah. Than basketball. Yeah, I hear you. All right, cool. So um, let's see. Why don't we flow straight into the, the main topic of why we're here? Um, Piper, if you want to start, or Kim, you can jump in however you want. Why don't you, if you would, share share with us your cancer story? Um, so I was five years old when I got it. And when did we, when did we go to the hospital? Um, well, we kind of went to the hospital twice, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, actually, it was six years ago, this exact week that really? we found out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I made the post, um, letting everyone know that you were sick exactly six years ago today, actually. Okay. So, so it was after you found out the formal diagnosis at that mm-hmm. point? Okay. Yeah. We actually, um, she had just started kindergarten. And um, she just got a regular back-to-school cold. And, um, you know, you you take them to the doctor, and they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's getting it. It's that back-to-school virus, which I'm sure it started out that way. Um, And then she was just getting really high fevers. I think it went up to 104.7 at one point in time. And, uh, you know, the doctors just said, wait it out. Uh, She'll get over it. And in about 7 to 10 days, you know, alter back and forth between ibuprofen and you know tylenol things like that so we did all the right things and she went back to school and then a day later it it came back again so we kept her home for 48 hours and she was feeling better and then it came back again and uh, so over labor day weekend uh, we took her to um, an immediate care because her Mm -hmm. tonsils were getting really big okay and uh, they said, well, it looks like, you know, it looks like a classic case of tonsillitis. So they gave us, a, they gave us um, an antibiotic and she went home and she was still having these fevers. Mm-hmm. And so actually on um, 
the Sunday before Labor Day, we ended up taking her to a local hospital. It wasn't yeah. a children's hospital. Yeah. And we took him there and just said, something's going on with her. She's got these fevers. She's waking up in the middle of the night. Her, you can, If she opened her mouth, you could see her tonsils really big yeah. sticking out back there. And uh, they, they, the emergency room doctor said, you know, I think we should do a CT scan. And then they said, well, we can't do it unless an ENT signs off on it. So they told us we had to stay the night. Hopefully the ENT would come in and then we would be, you know, be seen and be released on Labor Day. And uh, the ENT never showed up. Uh, I don't know why. I'm sure they didn't have anyone at the facility, which, you know, children's hospitals, they have everyone on call all the time. Um, And so anyway, we were sent home and um, that whole next week she never improved and would still wake up in the middle of the night. And um, like I would have to like puke. Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. She would just say, I, th- I, you know, I feel like I'm going to throw up and nothing would come out and it would, and she would be gagging. It sounded like something was going to come out, but nothing ever did. Uh, and then finally my husband that weekend, he just said, if she wakes up in the middle of the night again, we're taking her to a different hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, they said she'll be fine. You know, well, the NT got a hold of us and they just said, what's going on? I said, well, her tonsils are huge. And of course, moms, we just go self-diagnosing everything. Sure. <laughs> so my diagnosis was it, what they, I mean, cause she had been told it was tonsillitis. So I said, yeah. okay, it's tonsillitis. They must be infected. She's got to have an abscess in there. And it's like draining down into her stomach, making her stomach, cause her stomach started sticking out. Yeah. And I was like, it's, she's got an infection in there. And then they said, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and op. We, she was supposed to have her tonsils taken out two months later. Okay. And they said, well, we'll just go ahead and take them out now. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. Cause this was supposed to happen on Friday. Uh, well then pre-op called me on Wednesday and they said, has she been taking Motrin? And I said, well, yeah, she's had a fever. That's what they told me to do. And they're like, well, we can't operate on her. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, call your you know, pediatrician, call them. They're like, we don't know. Ask your ENT. And I'm like, they just told me to call you. Right. And so that's why my husband was like, look, if this happens again, I'm taking her to a different hospital. And I was like, well, let's, I think we should just wait. And sure enough, that weekend, same thing happened. And he said, well, I'm going to take her to Riley Hospital. And I said, well, you go take her and do that. I'm going to church with Brooklyn because I've already heard it. (laughs) Typical, right? So he takes her down there. I go to church with the other one. And then we just got to church and he texts me and he's like, they don't think this is tonsillitis. You need to come down here. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh, no. Well, I still wasn't really thinking, oh, no. Cause I stopped and got Starbucks on my way to the <laughs> hospital. I'm sure I looked so stupid walking in there. Like in my church clothes, I left the, her younger sister with my parents who were also there. So here I stroll in with my coffee and he's like, they already took her back for a CT scan. And I said, well, what, did, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they were, they said something's wrong with her. And I and they said, they just took, we walked in, they took one look at her and they said, she needs to get back there right now. Something's wrong with her. So we waited for a little bit and she was just laying on the bed in there, just like closing her eyes, not talking at all. And then they, about 30 minutes later, they came, well, one of the people came in and they said, we're waiting on the doctors come in and talk to you. But she, we saw some ascites around her stomach and they're going to come tell you what that means. She leaves the room immediately. I'm like Googling ascites around the stomach. And I, and what they said is that that's fluid around the, the stomach that's usually released by a tumor or something. So I said, Matt, they said ascites. I said, that means there's a tumor in there. And he was like, I don't think so. You shouldn't go to that. I'm, I go, I'm just preparing myself because I swear that's what they're going to say. 10 minutes later, a group of about four doctors come in and they said, we're from the oncology team. And I just immediately was like, oh, I knew it. 
And so they said- they did a blood draw at that point in time or no? They, well, she had a blood draw at the hospital the week before and they said it was fine. Hmm. And so then we went here and and that wasn't what worried them. It was the tonsils that were huge. And then they did the CT scan and then they saw what they saw on there. And um, they came in and they just said, we scanned her and she has a giant tumor in her chest um, one of her lungs is one third collapsed. Um, she has uh, tumors in her stomach, um, all in her kidneys, and um, her throat. They said the one in her in her throat is a tumor too. Okay. And uh, we were just like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And um, you know, they were just like, well, we need you to get upstairs right away. So they sent us from the emergency room straight up to the cancer floor. Mm-hmm. And it, at that point, I was. I was actually, I started crying because I was relieved that someone knew what was wrong with her because for over a month we knew that something was wrong with her and it just, regular providers just could not figure it out because they, you know, they say it's so rare. Well, her case kind of was because normally they don't figure it out in the emergency room. It's usually blood work, like you said, that trips it off or, you know, they have pain somewhere, but hers was just fevers and then the throat thing and um, then just waking up in the middle of the night. And so they sent us up there. And then once she got hooked up to everything, which that was scary because she had never had an IV before (laughs) and her oxygen level was at 85, um, which they want it to be at like 98, the sat, her her oxygen saturation was 85. And so they wanted her to wear um, an oxygen tube and she had, she was only five and she had never done that before either. That was scary. So actually, do you remember dad put one on too? He had one that wasn't hooked up to anything. He's the greatest. He put that on. And so he just had the tube in his pocket. He so. said, "He said if I start like wore it, he would buy me a purple Power Wheel." <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. That was the deal. If she if she wore if that. I wore it for like, well, you know, at that point you just found out that your child has cancer, and you're like, I'll do anything, just right. do what they say. Yeah, you know. So that was that was one of the deals. The nurses were super nice. Like, I was getting some kind of shot thing. And then I was like, I was like scared. And then the nurse let me give her a shot before she gave me a shot. Okay. Yeah. And I think it, I can't believe they did that, but that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So then that night they told us, they said, we don't, we don't have the official diagnosis, but what we think she has is um, some type of lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're going to have to do a biopsy of the largest tumor um, to figure out exactly what it is. And so the next morning they took her down to do that. But when they were, when they put her to sleep and they were inserting the breathing tube, the tumor in her throat was so big, it actually punctured it and that started bleeding because it was taking a really long time and we didn't know this was happening. So it was so big that it punctured the tumor in her throat. And so they ended up just having to cut off part of the tumor in her throat and take off like half of her tonsil for the biopsy. So they never got to biopsy the one in the chest. Hmm. I mean, she just had the weirdest (laughs) stuff happen. So, um, after that, what, what it was determined that she had is something called Burkitt's lymphoma. Okay. And Burkitt's lymphoma is obviously a blood cancer, um, and it's, it's like other lymphomas, but the thing that makes it unique is that um, when you have cancer cells with Burkitt lymphoma, um, typically anyone who has cancer, only when the cells divide and multiply. Okay. And a, a lot of times it's between like 10 and 30% of the cells divide and multiply at a time. So relatively slower growing. Burkitt's lymphoma is 100% of the cells divide and multiply every time. So they estimated that she went from 
having no cancer at all, some kind of switch was flipped and she went to advanced stage three within three weeks. Wow. So it's understandable why a, you know, a regular service provider could miss that because it went from zero to 90 super quick. Um, and you know, there was no other indication other than the giant tonsils and then the sick feeling and the fevers that she, oh, night sweats. Well, that's yep. the thing. When I was trying to self-diagnose this, I was looking up all kinds of things and, um, as much as I didn't want to, I did Google, but I, I looked up leukemia. I didn't okay. think about lymphoma because right. there was a kid growing up in my seventh grade class that had bronchitis and then he was gone for a really long time. And then we ended up finding out that he had leukemia. And so I just remember some of the things that he was saying. So I looked up the symptoms of leukemia. I mean, I was shaking as I was looking this up. And then when right. I read the symptoms of it, I'm like, oh, thank goodness she doesn't have that. Okay, God, she doesn't have it. But if I would have looked up the symptoms of lymphoma, she had probably eight of the 10. Right. So, but I just didn't know. I didn't know how prevalent that was. I didn't think of it. And then I didn't think to look that up. I did. I looked up the other one. It's, right. you know, sister or brother, but I didn't look up, I didn't look up lymphoma, but if I would have, I w may have been cued a little bit earlier, but I just didn't know. Right. Piper, what do you remember from that experience? Um, I remember like a lot of things because I remember like every like morning and every night for like, Maybe like six months, I had to get like a shot in each one of my legs. Okay. We. Do you remember anything at all whenever we first found out? Like, do you remember feeling sick or um, at school? Not I remember well? from a picture, I was like laying, like trying not to like pass out, like asleep, because it was like it was really late in the day. I mean, late at night. When you got into your room. Yeah. Mm -hmm, it was. And then. I remember that, like, I had all these, like, cords hooked up to me. I had a bunch of sur surgeries. One of them was probably one of the... W the worst one was probably getting my appendix out because I couldn't move my body for about, like, two weeks. Okay. Because, like, it was so sore I couldn't move. Yeah. And then I remember I would have, like, these, like, back surgery things every, like, maybe two weeks or something like that. Um, But they would, like, put this, like, white mixture in, like, a tube... And then it would, like, go through, like, my port or something. And I would fall asleep on my mom's shoulder. And then I woke up. I remember that they had to transport me into a hospital bed and take me all the way to my room. And then put me, like, carefully transport me into my actual hospital bed. Mm -hmm. And then I remember since I missed so much school, they had a school there. And I went for, I went for a couple of weeks. But I didn't go for that long. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of all the things I kind of remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember at all when when the doctors were talking to your parents about um, what was going on? Any feeling memories or feelings about that at all? Not really. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. But I do. I remember how you acted when they were when they were sitting down telling us she was in the bed laying on the hospital bed behind them and we were on the couch in yeah. the, you know, those waiting couches in the right. ER. We were sitting there and they kind of went in between us. And when they were telling us about it, of course, I was like talking and crying at the same time. And when they walked out, she just looked, she was like, mom, why did your voice sound like that? Mm. And I just said, well, you know, I, I, I'm worried, you know, but we, I don't, I don't, not even sure if we told you that that's what you had. We just said, we just told her that she was sicker than we thought she was going to be. And yeah. so we were going to have to stay at the hospital longer than what we thought. Um, but we're going to stay there as long as it takes to make her feel better. And she was just kind of like, OK, 
okay, you know, but she was, you were not feeling well <laughs> then. Right. So what was, what was her regimen then for treatment? Um, Burkitt lymphoma treatment is super intense. Um, it's only a six month process uh, as compared to, you know, some others are an immediate three year type of deal. Hers was a six month, um, but it did require us to be uh, inpatient the entire time. So um, we would, we would go up to the floor and she would get uh, chemotherapy for, I want to say six out of the seven days that we were there. Oh, wow. okay. And it would be the majority of the day because she would either get multiple kinds of drugs or they would, since she's smaller, they would have to um, let it go in a slower time. But I mean, I think she was hooked up and actually getting chemo maybe 20 out of the 24 hours of the day. Um, and I could be misspeaking, but it's been a little bit, but it, I know it was the majority of the day. Um, and so then that last day, they would kind of monitor to make sure she didn't spike a fever or anything like that. And then the hope was we could go home for two weeks and then come back again. So every 21 okay. days we had to, okay. we had to do the treatment, but um, we would have to come back if she got a fever, which always happened. Yeah. So we maybe <laughs> made it home for two days, three days, and then her numbers would drop and she'd get a fever and we'd have to yeah. go back. And then, you know, when you spike a fever at that, it's expected that you're gonna be back in the hospital for 24 to 48 hours, cause they do a yeah. blood draw to make sure there's no bacteria growing there. And then you either, and so a lot of times the rounds ran together cause we would get sent back there, her fevers would last a little bit, and then the net, it'd be time for the new round to start. So that was difficult as a family. Um, I mean, I, I never say any time is convenient for a kid to get sick, but, she was five and her sister was three. So it really didn't interrupt um, our, our lives other than, I, I, since being a real estate agent, I was able to take the time off. Uh, my dad was able to finish up any of the um, contracts that I still had going and go to the closings for me. And my husband still had to work, but I was able to be there. Sure. And then um, the three-year-old, she, she would go to my, <laughs> she was funny. She was the comedic relief everybody needed at that point in time. But it's not like they were in school and then they didn't right. have sports. So it was, it was a, it was, it's always an inconvenient time, but it was a convenient time in that they were so young. We were able to make the accommodations to sure. do that. So, and yeah, I remember, I remember um, one day, where it was my sister's birthday the next day, I think, and she was having either a JoJo Siwa or a Troll's birthday. And I was like, oh, I want to go there, like, so bad. And I didn't know if I was going to get cleared or not. So then I'm like, so we are just like, do you think we're going to go home? Do you think we're going to stay here? And then they, the nurse comes in and they say, you're good to go. You can leave. And I'm like, oh, yes, I can go home. Finally, and see, mm -hmm. uh, and like have like be with my sister for her birthday. Yeah, that was the first time you got to go home. So when we okay. were first admitted, they keep you there for the entire first cycle just to make sure that everything goes okay. So right. we, if we went in, let's see, we went in the week after Labor Day. So it would have been, you know, September what? Oh, it was actually September 10th. I remember because my huh. sister's birthday is on the 11th, and the day that she got back out of having the biopsy, they they were they came up to the to visit. And so we were in there from September 10th until October 3rd. We got released huh. on October 3rd because that was our sister's birthday. So that first, that first round we were in there for the entire month. Um, and she was in the ICU. She was actually in the, um, the ICU for an entire week uh, because <clears throat> when they hit her tonsil, um, 
I mean, they said basically what they said is that the tumor in her throat was so big, she had about a toothpick width to breathe through. And that's wow. why she was feeling like she was going to throw up all the time because that it was just sitting in the middle of her throat. Right. And so um, they said, well, you know, we're going to give her her first round tonight, but we're afraid that there's so much tumor <laughs> in her body. Um, I mean, she was five. She's she wasn't very big. And they said if you if they would have put all the tumor together, it would have been the size of a, a regular size basketball. Uh, but it was just kind of, you know, all over her body. Sure. And so they were afraid that when they gave her the chemo that her kidneys wouldn't be able to f handle all that. Okay. And so they did up putting, they did end up putting her on a ventilator. And so that was terrible. Um, so she was on a ventilator. She was asleep for about a week. Um, they had to teach her to kind of like walk again and things like that. But they were just so worried that when they gave her that first round, all the tumors would start breaking down. And that was the most, have you ever seen that before? No. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen because they they hook they had her hooked up to um, a catheter obviously, and whenever they give you the chemotherapy, the tumors start breaking down and then you just kind of like expel them out of your body. Well, it yeah. would just go into the bag. It looked like huh. thousands of pieces of oatmeal coming out, and the people in the picky were like, "I've never seen this before." They were even kind of like they were calling people over to look right. at it, like, "Look at all this." And it was just full. The I mean, it, it, but they said it was the tumor. It was tum tumor lysing. It was just like they were breaking okay. apart and coming out. But so they were afraid since her kidneys already had tumors in it, that it wasn't going to be able to filter all that. And so they actually had her hooked, prepared to be hooked up to a central line to go on dialysis. Okay. But they, thankfully, they didn't have to do that. She was able to to handle that. That's and so wild. yeah. So after after a week, we were transferred to the regular cancer floor. But she was on a ventilator for a week. That was scary. Yes, for sure. Um, Piper, how are you feeling today? Um, pretty tired. <laughs> pretty tired. Yeah. Uh, cancer wise. Yeah. How just do you in feel? general. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good. Tell them, tell them yeah. you just graduated to what? The cancer survivorship cl clinic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that the five year mark? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. We have a party every year and, um, did we do smoothies this year? Oh, you had the chocolate. Oh, so so to celebrate her <laughs> bell ringing uh, every year, she we do a little cancer-free party for her, and yep. so we just let her pick one small thing that she wants to do, and she invites, uh, you know, because she, she we had friends, uh, she had friends that age that would come sure. up and visit her, and so the ones that were kind of a part of that whole process, they remember it. I mean, they knew Piper was bald, you know, they came up to see her. This nothing is no, there's nothing wrong with bald. Just no. <laughs> well, and she has the most perfect round head, and you would never know. And until it was, I mean, it was the most perfect ball. It was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so she has a cancer-free party every year and invites a few friends. And so awesome. this year, your choice was, uh, well, we've done um, we've done a popcorn bar before. Yeah, okay. we we've, did milkshakes. Mm -hmm. And then you did the, this We year. did a um, chocolate, like a chocolate fountain yep. this year. So we had like maybe seven different things. We mm -hmm. had marshmallows, graham crackers, strawberries did we have pineapple mm-hmm we have pineapple and what else i don't know but you guys had a good time <laughs> it was messy but it was fun sounds great um so how often do you have to go back to see your doctor or is it at this point well at this point it's once every year once a year yeah okay and then before i was every six months 
Right. And then before that, it was every three months. Every three months, yeah. And then every and before that, it was every month. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we are glad um, that you are here and glad that you're feeling better. Um, congrats on making it to five years. Thanks. That's a big step. Um, let me ask you this. If you were to um, meet or if you were going to speak to a uh, another kid who is going through the same experience that you had and they're, they're in the throes of it right now, they're experiencing it right now, what, what might you share with them? Um, I would share that, uh, that it is pretty tough, but you can probably get through it if you believe. Um, okay. Oh, <laughs> you're okay. It's tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. No, you're good. That's, uh, that's, that's right. Great. You, you want to tell them attitude means a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the support of your friends and your family. And lots of prayers, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good words. Attitude is, as they like to say, attitude is everything. Um, uh, you're, and you're right about that. I remember I remember that very well. And it's oftentimes easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I also appreciate the things that you're doing after the fact. I mean... You're, you're taking the emotion that you can see right now and, and you're turning it into action. You mean, you guys have done a lot of things to support other kids who have similar circumstances and similar experiences and you're trying to make it a little bit better for them and in addition to trying to raise money towards research and other, other things that we're, they're doing to try to improve the treatments and improve the the outcomes of, of other kids who go through something similar that you did, right? Do you want mm-hmm. you want to tell them what you guys did? Remember yeah. um, during COVID when there's two things during COVID and we all had to stay home. What did you guys do? You and Millie and Brooklyn. Didn't we made? I think we made slime kits. Well, you all, and, and signs. And what did oh, you <laughs> so during COVID, we I don't know what went through our heads, but. We were like, we should do something, and I think we made all these bracelets, and we were like, um, kindness, like kindness day, and like, we would like ask for money, and then if they donated, we would give them like a bracelet, mm-hmm. and then we um, we met, like we were holding up the side and sign, and we made about two hundred dollars that day. Nice. We did it for about like five hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said. Well, they had, um, they, Piper was uh, on the Riley Messenger magazine with the okay. dog, and, and they gave us the, the souvenir poster. It's about three feet tall. Nice. And they had that out there at the end of the driveway <laughs> with another poster, and they said that all money raised is going to help kids at Riley. And, I, you know, everyone was out walking at that sure. time. And so, right. any, I mean, they were fearless. Anyone who walked by, they're like, hey, hey. And we made $285 that day nice. that we donated back Very to the good. hospital. Very good. But How'd that make you feel? It made me pretty happy. Yeah. We met this FedEx driver, and he said yeah. that his daughter had, like, brand cancer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he donated about $20 to us. Awesome. Yeah, and then we had our, um, I mean, it's touched a lot of people. Our, um, 
one of the guys that came was helping us with our internet. He just like he saw her and she was bald at the time and he just started crying and he was asking us about our story and we told him and he was just like you guys have inspired me. He did the um, he does the motorcycle ride every year, okay. and so um, he actually went back to school and got his nursing degree. Wow! Because he said that that inspired him to do more. Very cool. And so he did that. James, hi. <laughs> um, he did that, and he's also a realtor now too. Okay. Um, but uh, you guys did that, and then tell them what we do every every Halloween. Every Halloween, we make these bags, and then. Um, we put like cups in them, like window stickers for like their hospital doors, um, like other fun activities for them to do. And we donate about maybe 150, 150 a year. And we've done that for about like four years now. Mm -hmm. I think this, I think, well, yeah, it'll probably be four or five years that we've done that. We call it, um, Halloween for heroes. And uh, it's a, ba a Halloween bag drive, and each bag is $15, and um, they end up getting around $30 worth of stuff in the bags. Um, and they get a pair of socks, because your feet get freezing cold at the hospital. <laughs> sure. um, and then the kids on the, the cancer floor, with the, there's 35 kids that can be on the cancer floor okay. at a time. And so uh, they get... Um, and then the rest of them, they pass out out of the, the kid zone down on the bottom floor to any kids who come in for appointments or who are also inpatient. Uh, but yeah, she said they get the window clings. There's about three or four different crafts. Everything has to be hospital approved, no glitter. Right. Um, <laughs> we usually do slime or Play-Doh. Okay. Um, everyone gets a book. Uh, yeah. We just, we've met, made some really Legos. good connections. Well, where do you think they get there that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Team Joey. Yep. But yeah, they get they get the Legos, and so we've just made some really good connections. Um, and we've also had people reach back out to us and say, "My kid got one of those bags when we were in the hospital. Thank you so right, much." Yeah. Um, and the whole concept behind that <clears throat> was that um, hospitals, especially children's hospitals, get a ton of donations around right. Christmas. Yep. Um, but children who are in the hospital sometimes love Halloween just as much as Christmas. They right. love dressing up getting candy but when you're inpatient you're not allowed to be on that kind of a diet and you're not allowed to donate those kind of things right. and so um you know they said hey that'd be great if you wanted to put something together halloween would be a great time because it just kind of it's it's something else that the kids can get and keep their minds right. off of it yep. and so we just try and think of different things every year and the her and her friends they come over and then we stuff all the bags and then deliver them off. So. so we're just at like two boxes and then the parents come around with their bags and then we just stick like each one in there. Yeah. It's pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. pretty fun. It's make you feel good. Yeah. yeah. And then it also goes quicker. It's so it's quicker than I thought because like I feel like if we're doing 150 bags, it would go really slow. But no, it's super fast. <laughs> yeah. It's That's a machine. Cool. Right. We run them right through. <laughs> Assembly line. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Piper, thanks for coming in today and sharing your story. Really appreciate it. I hope you keep doing well. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming up. We appreciate you guys. Thank you uh, for having fighting us. Fighting traffic and coming up, sharing your story. We appreciate your time. And thank all you guys for joining us on this episode of the Summits Podcast. So, again, from wherever you guys get your podcast, if you're tuning in on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel, thank you for doing so. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget, if you're on the YouTube channel and you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do that. doesn't cost you a single penny. We would greatly appreciate it. Piper would appreciate it as well. And don't forget, guys, beat cancer. <laughs>